Hey, Dave here. So, Jason got a little sick, and we had some technical difficulties. We recorded this on Monday, uh, well, technically early Tuesday morning at about 2 or 3 a.m. We have some. I have a couple of theories uh, in the episode. I realize those theories have been uh, either debunked or bunked, whatever you want to say. Whatever you will say. I don't know. I haven't watched the episodes yet. But um, here's the episode anyway. Um, sorry it took so long. Enjoy. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 372. This is your weekly DC TV news. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. Jason Goss has fallen ill. He's taken sick. He uh, literally did about a page of, of work for this episode and uh, just started puking. So we hope that he'll feel better. And um, uh, I've, I had Matt Carroll of the Mar- uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on the DCEU news episode tonight. Um, he's not caught up on the DC TV news. He hasn't watched the uh, he hasn't he hasn't watched all the shows. But my co-host, my guest co-host for this episode, Bethany Johnson. Hello. You've seen everything. I've seen everything. <laughs> also, did my hello sound enough like Jason? No. no. I Maybe. Hello. Better? Well, he does it, he does it really every time. <laughs> I never know what he's going to do. Um, it's never quite him, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually heard Jason legitimately, like, genuinely say hello. Cause, More like a kind of mumble. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, when he, <laughs> when he greets you, he goes, hey, man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've got Bethany here tonight. She's seen everything, just like Patrick Stewart on Extras. If you guys haven't seen that, it's like episode, what is it, seven? The last episode of season one? No idea. Series one? Um, he's actually he's playing himself, and Ricky Gervais is trying to get him to look at a script, and he's like, oh yes, yes, it's very important for a young actor to create his own opportunities, like me. I've written a script about what it would be like if... <laughs> Professor Xavier from the X-Men really had those powers in real life. And the whole thing is him just, like, making women's clothes fall off. He's like, and they're scrambling to put their clothes back. But it's, it's too late. I've, I've seen, seen everything. everything. <laughs> but he talks, like, five different scenarios, but every single one of them ends with him saying, and it's too late. I've seen everything. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Wonderful show. But yes, I have seen everything. Excellent. Uh, so, you want to jump in with Gotham? Sure. Cool. So, apparently, uh, Lee and Gordon are, according to John Stevens, EP John Stevens, are going to be uh, much darker, more dangerous, almost evil versions of themselves. Interesting. Can we really? Can we really get much darker? Yeah, I. Don't, I... Yeah, that's weird because I feel like they're already darker versions of themselves. <laughs> kind of, well, I mean, kind of, you know. Especially know. Lee. Yes, yes. But, you know, yeah. I don't know. I figure this means that, uh, you know, Jim Gordon's going to be hacking up babies in, in the park <laughs> with, a, with a hacksaw. Like, That's weird. And Lee's just going to get a little saltier. Nah, Lee is just going to go through cycles of marrying people. Just to piss Jim off? And then... <laughs> Nope, nope. It's like a self-inflicted thing. Oh, okay. She's just going to keep marrying people. Jim's going to keep murdering them on her wedding day (laughs) just so she can keep getting more pissed. Why do you keep doing this, Lee? (laughs) It was my wedding day, Jim. Again. The fifth wedding this year? Really? (laughs) Anyway. And Bullock's like, gotta say it's not looking good, partner. Not looking good for you. Allocate. Gotta allocate, Jim. <laughs> you like how I use that word, allocate? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought the the heading for this season had changed over to Heroes Rise. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, so Danny Cannon, 
was uh, talking about, uh, well, he was doing an interview, and uh, they, they asked him what he could tease for the re remainder of Season 3. He says, at the beginning, it was about two journeys. I'm sitting down with Season 4 now, and I remember this time last year, we were like, it's a metamorphosis season. The two people changing the most in Season 3 were Bruce Wayne and Edward Nigma, and they were two actors who've just grown. Incredible work they've done. Bruce Wayne had to become a man. He had to confront violence. He had to confront his parents' deaths. He had to confront guilt. And at the end of the season, you'll see him being forced to deal with the, those complex, mature emotions they go through in the same way that Edward Nigma had to confront who he really was and embrace, finally, now I'm a dark person. Just admitting who you really are, what your true human nature is, and what makes you an individual is, is what's great about all of the DC villains. They're all people who will not be ignored, who will not be forgotten, will not be put down. And finding their voice, that's a beautiful thing to write. That sounds great. I, I think uh, David Mazous uh, as Bruce Wayne is doing a f fantastic job. For sure. And he and Nigma are probably two of the most interesting ones on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, I agree. I think that Alfred, Bruce, uh, Nigma, and I'm going to go ahead and say Zaz. <laughs> I pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much think that those four guys, at least for me, could do almost anything, and I would still love them and think they were amazing. I'll be, I'm I'll be totally honest. Totally on board with anything they do. I want zero development for Zaz. I want him <laughs> to remain exactly the same for the rest of the series. Just pop in from time to time, and be wonderfully quirky and awful. How great! How great would it be though if instead of like Zaz being the same or getting darker, if he actually did like a Gotham reversal and just like suddenly became more normal and then was just like a history teacher <laughs> what that would still be really weird <laughs> it's like a history teacher by day assassin by night i could deal with that that should be its own spinoff series yeah oh my gosh please can zaz have a spinoff please no i don't <laughs> i i don't know I, I don't have any say in the matter origin story zaz origins <laughs> It's like, when will we get to see him working with Don Falcone? Well, at the end of the series. <laughs> anyway, so um, Danny Cannon was asked if there was anyone in particular, any character in particular we should be paying attention to uh, in the upcoming episodes. He says, I think that the journey that Bruce takes, the mentor that takes Bruce through this journey, has, has some really good moments with Bruce. It's like a long, painful therapy session where someone's forced to confront everything that makes them tick. But actually, it's what's holding them back. That's really cool psychologically. I'm, I'm excited about that. Cool, yeah. He says, I think we've all been that guy uh, that's something we can all relate to in the same way that Nigma being like however bad he is, or however bad it is, keeping a lid on somebody, you're destroying that person from the inside out. It's best to just let that lid off and let them be who it is and deal with the consequences rather than just holding it in. I watched King of Comedy at the beginning of the season with De Niro, and he says, better king for a night than schmuck for a lifetime. And I was like, that's a great line. That's a good line. Yeah. I'm not sure it holds up when you really start to think about it. <laughs> it's one of those things that you can't think about for too long. That's a Nolan line. Like the lake house. <laughs> like the lake house? <laughs> the Keanu Reeves movie? Yep. Oh, why? What? I don't remember that well enough. What happened? As it should be. <laughs> Don't think about it for too long. Girl, I almost spit my drink on my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what was so weird about that movie that you shouldn't think about it for too long? Just weird romance, time travel stuff. There's Somebody has a dog. I just convinced myself. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I figured it out. The dog is magical. That's okay. how it works. Move on. Did everyone have the same dog throughout all timelines or something? No, or? I think it was probably like Sandra Bullock's dog or something. Oh, Sandra know. Bullock. That's but like the dog was just there throughout the whole movie. It was like, I, I don't know. Anyway, the dog was magical. I think we might need to sit down and watch The Lake House again just to see what we're talking about here. <laughs> I don't remember it well enough. I know sure, it's all right. I would I'm, be okay with that. I would just really enjoy making fun of it the whole time. Yeah, well. Sorry if anyone likes that movie. I don't remember it well enough. I thought enough. it was weird and terrible. Okay. But really a big fan of the actual lake house. <laughs> that was a cool house. Okay. <laughs> anyway. 
All right, so they asked him, what's the one villain you really want to get for season four? And are you worried that there may be conflicts with the movies? Which, and this is interesting because we were told, we have been told that there aren't, they're not really doing that. They're letting the TV shows and the movies do their own things as far as who they want to use. Mm -hmm. This seems to contradict that though. Danny says, that's the problem. Well, it's not a problem. It's a great problem to have that you have a massive company like DC and they want to keep stuff secret from us too. If you can imagine, I'm like a guy who likes to come to these things. I'm like a fan guy and you're talking to the head of DC who's go who's saying to you, stay away from X. And you're like, why? What are you going to do? It's a good problem to have. But the fact is that they're trying to keep things for them right now and they're jumping around all kinds of timelines too. I wasn't aware that they were really jumping around all kinds of timelines either. I mean, I I don't. Yeah. I, don't I guess they're so. going back in time for Wonder Woman, <clears throat> but maybe he's talking about something else. Oh. A lake house. A lake house. <laughs> Is there a dog involved? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's Ace the Bat Hound. <laughs> Crypto. So, it's kind of messing with everything, but is there somebody that I really want to get out there? Yeah, there is. There's a couple. I have a standalone episode, which I'm dying to write, called The Ventriloquist. Are you familiar with The Ventriloquist? No, I'm not. Um, that is a Batman villain. Um, he's basically this dude who, has, he's he's got the multiple personality syndrome. And he's got this, he's like this really meek dude. But he's got this like awful mob boss, like cruel piece of crap inside of him mm -hmm. and the way he he brings that out is he like carves this like awful looking little evil dummy that he controls and it's got like a little uh, gatlin gun that actually works on like sewn into his hand or whatever oh wow and as, as and the, the dummy's name is scarface so he's like <laughs> he calls the ventriloquist the real person dummy he's like hey dummy get over here <laughs> and he's like oh i'm so sorry mr scarface please <laughs> Please, Mr. Scarface. Wow. It's great. I'd love to see that on Gotham. That, yeah, it sounds really weird, really interesting. I feel like Gotham is probably the perfect place for something weird like that to happen. Oh, yeah. The way they did it in the in Batman animated series was wonderful, too. Because it's like, Batman's tracking this guy who's like, Oh, Scarface. Oh, he's a new player in town. And then he they actually, like... The way they, he's just such a stoic Batman. Mm. And then he sees that Scarface is a dummy and he just gets this look like, what? <laughs> like, he's just completely taken aback <laughs> how stupid it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, uh, Danny Cannon continues I'm just so fired up for that. I'm so fired to revisit Jonathan Crane, too, because of this thing about him. Is we talked about the origin of the origin. We haven't talked about his origin yet, and that's coming up. That will be the beginning of season four, where the name comes from, and all that stuff. We've still got Clayface too. There's so much to do. I don't care for their Clayface. No. I was intrigued by their by their Scarecrow. You remember Clayface? He's the bald yeah. guy who like keeps just stretching his cheeks. Yeah. Um, and they like put that machine on. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, the Scarecrow thing. Yeah, the Scarecrow was when the kid was, like, strapped to the bed and all yeah. the Scarecrows were hanging out. Yep, that would be cool to see that again. I know Jason is really interested in seeing Scarecrow again. Yeah, me That's, too. like, one of his favorites. Um, was the fan reaction part of why Cameron Monaghan was brought back? Danny Cannon says, no, that was, always, that was always the design. He has a series of his own, and that's where I met Cameron as the director. I was working with John Wells, and he knew I was a fan of Shameless. I went in and did an episode for them, and then when I came back, the minute Gotham started and we talked about this character, he's going to kill his parents inside of a circus. I got the guy. I got him. I know who it is. That's happened to me twice. I did it with Victor Zaz, too. I looked at that character, and I was like, I've got this guy. <laughs> and it's going to be right like that. You can You, you cast him. Sorry, it's great to be right like that. You cast him, the costume goes on, first scene, great. And in that cutting room, you're kind of like, oh, this is totally my neck on the block. And then to watch them just boom, both of those characters. The great thing, and what actors like about the show, they get to act with their bodies as well. You never see that in the other shows. You've got heads and shoulders and people speak what they're feeling. This is a show where a guy could walk into an empty room and you're interested because he's personifying something more than what we put on the page. I don't think they're the only show that does that. And I don't necessarily right. think they do it particularly well all the time. 
but yeah, okay. I agree. <laughs> so there's a new photo out of Barbara that suggests she's, she's going to be Harley Quinn. Uh, she's wearing this yes. red dreck, uh, this red dreck, this red dress. She, it's got like... Uh, it might be appropriate. <laughs> yes, with black and red like fur. And um, she's sort of got this weird light shining on her face that makes it look like the classic Harley Quinn mask. Mm. Like the shadows are in all the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't really... Uh, want Barbara to become Harley? It, it wouldn't make sense because you know she was hanging out with Ivy and Catwoman mm-hmm. a few seasons ago, right? And now she's got a bar called the Sirens, Gotham City Sirens. That's Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and uh, Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. So, well, I I mean I like Barbara more now than I did at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When she was boring and not evil. Um, when you were just sort of like, why are you on the show? Yeah. And yeah. also, how can you afford that loft? What Was she a lawyer? I don't remember. I, I, think, I believe she ran an art gallery is uh, what it turned out to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I'm more interested in her now than I was uh, in season one. Um, and just sort of have assumed the whole time that she was slowly going the way of, or to Harley Quinn. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully, they'll do it well. I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. But maybe, yeah. hopefully, it'll be good. So, uh, Danny Cannon was asked uh, if he could comment on Aaron Richards becoming Harley Quinn. He says, I can't, I can't. All I can tell you is the great thing, the joy of working with Aaron is the range. The reason we changed her character, because we knew what she could do. We're like, we can't keep you in one place. you got to keep evolving. So, she's going to evolve again. That's all I can tell you. Um, and he was apparently pretty upset that, uh, the news came out that, uh, Alexander Siddig was going to be playing Rachel Ghoul, or that Rachel Ghoul was supposed to come out in the first place. Mm-hmm. He says, it's a shame we wanted Rach to be really big, a really big surprise, because it's a great intro, and these things get out. Uh, but the idea of, like, how does the journey with the Court of Owls end with ancient mysticism? They are such a political party, a Machiavellian, uh, Borgia kind of world. That we wanted to go more mystic and go back centuries to talk about history and stuff like that, which is the next evolution of our villain, which Raish is really good for that. So that's where that comes in, and that really the end of the season is about. Just when you thought you found the bottom of the rabbit hole, just when you know what's in the shadows, comes guys who live in the shadows. Mm, neat. I I'm, mean, <clears throat> I, I think I'm excited uh, that Bashir. <laughs> yeah. From Deep Space Nine is going to be on there. I I think that's really excellent news that dropped or got leaked or whatever yeah. happened. I'm I'm looking forward to that and I'm glad to know that I have something to look forward to in that. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about that. Um I don't I, think I I've like ever seen yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him doing anything besides Bashir. I mean just me. Yeah. I I'm sure he has. Oh, but, he's done a ton of stuff. Yeah. So I I guess I just didn't watch any of those things, but I, yeah. it'll be good to see him again. Um, so Ben McKenzie uh, directed an episode of Gotham. It was the episode that was actually airing tonight. Mm. And um, <clears throat> what was it called? These Delicate and Dark Obsessions. And uh, they, they did a little interview with him, and he talks about um, he's got uh, a stunt double, uh, bleh, David <laughs> Mazus's stunt double, uh, strapped into this big rig and he's repeatedly flung backwards 30 feet and um, as a result of a powerful punch from a shaman Ooh. and um, he says <laughs> let's see one of the things I said to Bruno and Danny when we first started the show was no wire work none of this baloney like people flying through the air it's Batman <laughs> it's supposed to feel a little more grounded it's supposed to feel like more uh, more like the Christopher Nolan films. So, of course, I'm the one director that brings in wires. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny. Yeah. Um, he says that on his episode, the the only constructive criticism that he got was it, that it was still. He says, which is one of the things that I like. But that stillness incorporated not just a decapitation, but several shootings. An attack with a garden tool and a suicide. <laughs> he says, you know, it had some violence. <laughs> Apparently that's primarily from the from the penguin though, mm. uh, which is cool. I, I'm looking forward to him coming back. Um, 
He says, I like it when our show is able to go wherever we need to go violence-wise, but with a certain, let's call it class. There's there's always knifing and dicing in the show, but even that's relatively elegant. So that's how I tried to handle that. I don't think it's ever been relatively elegant or elegant in the least. An interesting way to describe, what did he say? Knifing and stabbing? No, knifing and dicing. Right. Oh, dicing. Even yeah. better. <laughs> it's an interesting way to describe those acts of violence. <laughs> it reminds me of the mutants from Dark Knight Returns. Slice and dice. Chicken legs, licking chicks. But with class. But with class. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so he was asked, um, by the way, the show hasn't been renewed for a fourth season so far, but Still. yeah, they asked, uh, when the show ends, can you expect to see the, uh, superhero finally appear? He says, yeah, sure. Mustache, Klieg light Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he seems really interested in that. He also says it doesn't matter what the other shows do. Gotham is taking the biggest piece of red meat in the comics world, Batman, and trying to take this one specific sliver of it and cook it really, really well and serve it to you. I always hope we're Steve McQueen in the classic car with a bomber jacket. It's an, an archetypal show. Yeah, you're cooking it really done. Sometimes I think they're a little too well done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Overdone might be the best word for it. Um, so, yeah. Will this be the first episode of Gotham that Ben has directed? Oh, uh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah. By the way, uh, Gotham, the Gotham premiere hit a series low it was tied for a series low 1.0 rating that brought in 2.99 million viewers mm. supergirl also hit a, a series low with a 0 0.5 demo rating and 1.80 million viewers so that's kind of sad mm. um but again that does that's not telling of anything really because there are still the plus seven viewers and the streaming viewers and i'm sure there are still illegal uh downloaders out there Never. <laughs> Who does that? No, I I stream. I I personally pretty much everything I watch is streaming it uh, via Roku. Mm-hmm. So that's how yeah. I watch stuff with my mom's login information. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. B D Wong and Jada Pinkett are coming back. Yay! B D Wong. <laughs> B D Wong is Professor Hugo Strange. Is going to be back at three fifteen. With uh, supposedly Jada Pinkett as Fish Mooney. And then in 317, we're going to get Nathan Darrow back as Mr. Freeze and Camilla Perez back as Firefly. Interesting. That episode will be called The Primal Riddle. Oh. How cool. Now, elegant. I'm <laughs> yes, very elegant. <laughs> now, I'm sorry you don't watch Lucifer. Are, um, you? Are you sorry that I don't? No. I listen to your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple were good. Um, last I two will, or three have yeah, been really good. I will say, though, um, what is it? God Johnson? Yeah. Is that a guy who's coming on? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't know anything about the characters in Lucifer, but I will say I uh, actually saw a trailer for Lucifer. Um, it, the guy playing God Johnson is the guy who played... The King on Gallivant, uh -huh. and I love Gallivant. Um, I was really bummed that it got canceled, but I thought he was awesome as the King, so I don't know. I think that's really all I can say about Lucifer, is that I like one of the guys who's going to be on there. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 according to the promo that I saw, I was a little disappointed that God Johnson looked so elegant. Because I just the name God Johnson makes me think that like, he's <laughs> such a weird name, a little crazy. But whatever. Um, also, am I related to him? <laughs> there are too many Johnsons. <laughs> um, so apparently, Joe Henderson and uh, Ildi Modrovic say that the finale will tie up the loose ends, all the loose ends. They're that's the season two finale. Interesting. That's. Interesting, since it's been renewed, right? Mm -hmm. But it's tying up all the yeah. loose ends. All right. Then renewed for season three. And they said, there are many choices for what to do with mom, and they will pick one. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, excited. Sounds reasonable. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this. Kevin Alejandro, uh, or Detective Douche. <laughs> um, nice. Has said that he is, he well, he well, the fans are about to see 
more of him and Lucifer working together. And that's exciting. I, I really, if you guys listen to every episode, you know, I really enjoy uh, the episodes where Dan and Lucifer have to work together. Mm-hmm. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, there was a... Like I don't know if you remember who if, if you remember who Kevin Alejandro is he played uh, Brother Blood on season two of Arrow. I do not remember him. Um, he was basically the guy that took over being mayor, but he kept putting that mask on, and he was like leading the Mirakuru soldiers. Vaguely. All right. <laughs> well, he he plays Detective uh, Dan Decker. Okay. And uh, he's a he's a pretty serious guy, and. Um, Lucifer calls him Detective Douche. Nice. And um, at some funny. point, like Lu- they, Lucifer tracks him down to an improv hall, and he's been doing improv, <laughs> and he's like pretending to be Lucifer oh. at the improv, and like I, I don't know. That's how I remember it anyway. Hmm. It's possible that that's not what happened, and I just remembered a more interesting show. I certainly <laughs> cannot tell you differently. It, 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 they, they've been kind of messing with him a little bit, and he's been fun. Hmm. Cool. So they released a Supergirl poster that uh, it looks like she's broken into like a big water tank. And if you've seen the promo for Supergirl, Alex is behind the, the glass and the water. Oh no, will she die? <laughs> oh, you guys think I'm harsh. Uh, the poster says it's never been more personal. Oh jeez. Uh, Andrew Kreisberg <laughs> talking about uh, Lena Luthor and her relationship to um, Rhea, Monel's mother, mm. Terry Hatcher, says Lena's lost her father, she's lost her brother, now she's lost Jack. She's desperate for a mother to come along and help her, protect her, and take care of her. Obviously, Lillian is not that person. No. Then along comes Rhea, who is offering to be this guide, this mentor, and this supporter, and somebody who is truly proud of Lena and truly cares about her. Lena is uniquely vulnerable to what Rhea is offering. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, that sounds like it's time for more overacting. <laughs> I don't understand why all these people, like, like Terry Hatcher is a good actress. Yeah, I mean. If uh, not great, she's at least fair, you know? She, I will say she was pretty good on The Odd Couple, uh, uh, which. Is that still on? I don't know. <laughs> I, please cancel it, please. Uh, yeah, uh, DC On Screen listeners. I must admit that I love Matthew Perry so much that, and Thomas Lennon, Thomas, Tom. Thomas Lennon, yeah. Okay. That's well, his name. sometimes I like to call him Tom. Um, I, I like them both. <laughs> <laughs> I like them both so much. I decided to start watching The Odd Couple, even though going into it, I already had some pretty serious doubts. <sighs> to my great dismay, it got renewed into a third season. Mm. I don't understand how. It is not great. But Terry Hatcher was on there. Um, I thought she was she was pretty good. I yeah. thought she she uh, was a better actor in that show than she is right now. And yeah. I mean that's pretty close together. She was just on the most the most recent season. So yeah. I, feel I don't you, know man. what the deal is. I love Matthew Perry. I watched him on uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Wonderful show. One of my favorite shows of all time. It's like... Great show. Uh, right up there with Firefly. Um, close to it anyway. Um, then I watched him on subpar shows like... Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. And which got canceled after like four episodes. It wasn't four, was it? It didn't even it? make it for half a season. Gosh, it felt like so many more episodes. <laughs> and Go On, which was really good, I thought. I enjoyed Go On. Yeah, and only by made the way, it for one season. Laura Bernanti yep. was on that show as well as Supergirl. She was good on that show, not good on Supergirl. It's when That's they try. Interesting. It's when they try to force them to do those stupid Krypton and Daxum voices. Anyway. But what we've learned from this is to stop taking Matthew Perry's love interests from other shows and putting them into DC shows. There was some kind of weird thing where it was, um, oh gosh. Or just Supergirl. There was a girl on Mr. Sunshine who was his love interest who was actually... Lauren Graham? No. She was on Go On. Go on. This girl was on Mr. Sunshine. I think she's actually oh. married to Matt LeBlanc and Oh yeah, yeah. She then was Matt on, LeBlanc's love interest she was in the on show Joey. was with yeah, I don't same, remember. Same girl was on Go On who was on anyway. Joey. We watch lots of TV. 
<laughs> I, I don't, know. I know I, I do. I don't watch The Odd Couple. I tried. I love oh. Thomas Lennon. I love Matthew Perry. I watched so bad. one episode and went, nope. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Dave Foley did. He was in the pilot. And I was like, this has good people. Matthew Perry, Thomas Lennon, or Tom, my pal. Um, Dave Foley was on there. Yvette Nicole Brown, she's okay, but she I had just seen her on Community. Um, yeah, and even even after the pilot, I'm pretty sure Dave Foley was like, nope. Because <laughs> he was only on that episode. That's sad. He knew what was good for him. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Christberg continues then along comes Rhea who is offering to be this guy, this mentor, this supporter somebody who is truly proud of Lena truly cares about her, Lena is uniquely vulnerable to what Rhea is offering, did I already say all that? I already said all that didn't I? I don't know I have no idea, anyway sounds like trouble Mark <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Trap>. <laughs> Mark Gibbons, uh, they've released, or not, I think it's been leaked, pictures of Mark Gibbons as General Zod. Not much of a spoiler here. He's in that awful uh, Kryptonian uh, jumpsuit that they all the Kryptonians wear in Supergirl. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, other than that, he's just a you know square-jawed white dude. I don't know. Looks like he's doing some heat vision <laughs> going right. on. Mm. Get it. <laughs> Hashtag cash that check. <laughs> Over on The Flash, uh, Teddy Sears says he wants to return as Hunter Zolomon from Earth One. Yes, please. Absolutely. Love Teddy Sears. Uh, one of the main reasons to watch Masters of Sex. He's delightful. Sure. I don't think you've seen this show. I have not. Uh, Daniel Panabaker talking about Killer Frost, uh, her future on the show. <gasps> Do you think they could be together now that she's evil? Be like well, Hunter Zolomon from Earth One would have to be evil, Aww. and so far it just looks like he's like a dude who chills on a bench and eats a sandwich. Those two people just can't get together, can they? <laughs> Was he eating a sandwich? Why do I remember me eating a sandwich? <laughs> anyway, all right, so um. Daniel Panabaker was talking to EW and said, It's going to be great. Obviously, I am involved a little bit more in the fi- in the finale this time than I have been in years past. From a totally biased perspective, it's great to see a lot more of the familiar faces. Last year, it was Barry versus Zoom, and obviously this year, there's a lot more speedsters. There's a lot more powers. So, invariably, I think we're going to get to see a bigger, better battle. Um, cool. Now, talking about the difference between Snow and Frost, they're going to... Be examining that in an upcoming episode, it looks like. She says, I don't know if we'll even be able to see Caitlyn again, but as you'll see mm-hmm. in episode 21, it becomes clear that Caitlyn Snow and Killer Frost do occupy the same body and that they have the same memories. Well, we saw that in Earth 2 as well. Mm-hmm. The thing Caitlyn remembers, Killer Frost can access as well. It's more a question of if she chooses to and how she feels about Caitlyn's memories. I do think it will be difficult, not only for Caitlyn, but all of Team Flash, to reconcile Killer Frost's bad behavior under the guy's, uh, Caitlyn Snow's face. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, whether or not she'll continue to be Killer Frost in Season 4, she says, uh, or, can, sorry, Andrew Kreisberg says, obviously Daniel Panabaker is not going anywhere, how and if she becomes Caitlyn Snow again, or... If she remains Killer Frost or a version of Killer Frost into season four, you're going to have to tune in. So, I mean, we knew that. We knew he wasn't going to give us the goods there. Right. Uh, Daniel Panabaker has also talked about the new Killer Frost suit. She says, this is our post-Flashpoint Caitlyn Snow with powers, who's become evil and turned into Killer Frost. Uh, She said that she's benefited from two and a half years of watching other people have super suits. Which I, I would assume is really beneficial. Mm. You know what to and what not to do and what the suits need. And like I hear that like Grant Gustin like really had some issues with, with uh, temperature being in that costume the first oh, season. Oh, jeez. That's so... How ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was built specifically to... Keep his body heat down yeah. while he was running, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that she says that the uh, the costume design came a lot or uh, was informed by the comics. She said in the research that I did about Killer Frost, she always wore boots, which was something that I was really pulling for. And I know some of our producers really love this long cape version of the character, which is great and feels very villainous. I love the <laughs> sleeves on it because a lot of Killer Frost's actions is with her hands, and hopefully the light will really catch all the different details on that. Hmm, that's cool that she's really into it. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Um, for the episode, I know who you are, which is coming on, uh, tomorrow. Um, or I guess later today, really. <laughs> um, 
and this is the thing that Jesse L. Martin teased will have a character's death. Uh, but she says, it's a real test of Killer Frost's abilities and her devotion, how badly she wants to be a part of the dark side as they all sort of duke it out. Um, please don't don't let it be Joe. Please not Joe. Not Joe. Never Joe. <laughs> not Joe. So uh, on this, playing, on playing this, uh, how much she's been looking forward to playing this version of, of Caitlin Snow. She says, obviously I was hired to play the very sweet scientist, but now... I've, or, but I've been super excited about playing Killer Frost ever since I signed on to the show as something that I really wanted. It's Neat. a great way for people to see that this cast is capable of pulling off multiple characters. That's uh, pretty cool. Uh, as for the season finale of Flash TV line is uh, teasing. After discovering Savitar's true identity, Team Flash prepares for a final epic battle with the God of Speed while struggling with a major setback. Please, not Joe. Not Joe! Expect a season-ending cliffhanger that will leave viewers and the heroes questioning how they will move forward in season four. Please, not Joe. Oh, my gosh. Ever since you and Jason put it into my head several months ago that it was a possibility for Joe to die. I don't know why I had never realized that, I guess. <laughs> why, I guess. why would they do it? I that's oh my a gosh. terrible thing. But ever, it's like ever since you guys put that thought in my mind, every single episode since then, I have just been terrified that like everything, everything could be pointing to Joe dying. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared. It should be. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, not Joe. Not Joe. <laughs> it's going to be a tough, uh, well, I will say this. He's had, I feel like he's had less of a role this season. Oh no. Yeah. So if the if the actor's looking to go someplace else, not Joe. <laughs> I don't know who I would want in his place though. Like if if somebody has to die, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, just not Joe. But I don't know who else I would want it to be. Like, no. I mean, not Cisco. No. <laughs> oh I don't want gosh. it to be Cisco. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. That's... It's gonna wind up being like HR to prove that the mm. that the timeline can change because he's not supposed to. And then they'll just grab another one from another yeah. <laughs> another Earth, yeah. so we can always have Tom Cavanaugh. <clears throat> yeah, love Tom Cavanaugh. Okay, then it's settled. Not Joe. HR. HR. <laughs> of course, it should also be noted that, um, and th- it would serve the same purpose doing it with him. If Tom Felton's character died, if Julian died, oh. he's not a series regular. Right. Yeah. And yeah. uh, does I mean doesn't he need to go like film another Harry Potter movie or something? I, not to my knowledge. <laughs> <clears throat> Just not Joe. Not Joe. Okay. So they release a, a, a season four Flash poster, uh, basically for for this uh, Know Your Enemy episode. Um, oh, I know who you are episode. But the poster says Know Your Enemy. Mm-hmm. It's got like a poster of Savitar lurking over Barry. And uh, Barry about to face him down, and it says, Know your enemy. Now, if you're familiar with uh, Sun Tzu, the familiar phrase is, Know your enemy, know yourself. I feel like this uh, plays into my personal uh, uh, theory that Barry is going to wind up being Savitar. Mm, does kind of seem like a clue. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of thinking about the Ronnie Raymond thing. And I think maybe is it is Barry, but he's using the technology, uh, the face shifting technology mm. from HR, interesting to make himself look like Ronnie to get Caitlyn's allegiance. Right. I mean, I I kind of feel like at this point, it's I mean that it's probably going to be Barry. That just I mean it kind of seems obvious. Um, I, I feel like that's where they're going to go with it. Um, I can't say I'm not a little bit disappointed. I, I just kind of feel like that's a predictable route to go, but doing the, like the, like face of Ronnie kind of thing, at least kind of puts a twist on it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, (laughs) do you think it's going to be like, we've waited for a while for Savitar's identity to be revealed and then it's like, Oh, it's Ronnie, what? How did that happen? And then it's like like we revealed it. 
or did we? Yeah, you know, it would <laughs> and be And then we'll funny. have to wait for even longer. It would be funny if it actually <laughs> is Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And then he used HR's, like, tech yep. to make himself look like Barry. Yep, they faked us yeah. out. Yeah, they could do that. It's going to be a double reveal. Yeah. Uh, or it's really <laughs> Joe. It's really Joe using HR's <gasps> technology. As long as it's not dead, Joe. Basically, we can never know if this is true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And now you've put that in my head. <laughs> right. We'll never know who Savitar is, really. <laughs> That's why in the future, Barry's like, I don't know who he is. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't know himself. Mm. It's all connected. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. So over to Arrow. <laughs> Enough of this shenanery. Over to Arrow. Uh, Wendy Miracle talking about how Arrow Season 6 will be different. Okay. <laughs> Moving into season six, we're not calling it a reboot. But <laughs> Already, huh? <laughs> we're not calling it a reboot because the show's still called Arrow and it's still about Oliver and his team, so that part's not changing. Jeez. But but we aren't going to have the flashbacks. Why would you even call why would you even bring reboot into this? <laughs> it's so annoying when people say that. We're not calling it a reboot. Do you know what a reboot is, Wendy Miracle? And then she just like names everything that's on there now. Yeah. It's still about Oliver. Yeah. The show is still called Arrow. Right. Okay. She are says, there still humans in it? Yeah. And they are human men and human women. They are aliens. <laughs> See, she says it gives us a lot more real estate, a lot more space to hopefully bring in some cool villains and tell some cool character stories. And we have some new characters on the show whose backstories we really haven't had an opportunity to experience. We saw a little bit of Wild Dogs. We haven't seen that much of Dinah's. If mm-hmm. we bring in anybody new, or we'd love to have Ragman back at some point as well. Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> we can use the flashback device to tell other people's kinds of islands, if you will. You mean their backstories? Gosh. We can tell other people's islands. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just replace that with backstory. This is their island. I'm like they haven't even been on the island in like well. Oh, they were there last year, I guess, for part of it. So anyway, uh, Slade's return. Wendy Miracle's talking about Deathstroke. She says, with Deathstroke, you never really know who you're dealing with in a similar way with Malcolm, but with a little bit more of an edge because the history between Slade and Oliver is as deep and troubled as the one between him and Malcolm. Slade is definitely coming back. We're definitely going to be thinking he might be on Oliver's side. That's all I'm going to say about that, to quote Forrest Gump. Uh, so at the Planet Comic Con, John uh, Barrowman came out and told the crowd that he will not be a part of the CW shows next season. What? Not in any of them? Nope. He was really making the rounds. Yeah. And, um, well, because of some stuff Winnie Miracle has said, a lot of people are thinking that might mean that uh, that Malcolm might be uh, heading for the chopping block. Oh. Wait. You mean like, like dying or just his other hand? Uh, I forget about that hand. <laughs> I think they should use it more. I mean, like, bring it up yeah. more. I mean, I guess they brought it up, like that scene in Legends or whatever, when Malcolm, uh, not Malcolm, but Damien was like, can you lend me, or do you need a hand or something? <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> but. Just what a great, what a great opportunity, uh, though. Like, just for, you know, somebody every few episodes to be like, Hey, remember that um, he doesn't have a hand because Oliver cut it off. <laughs> yeah, I think what's I think my problem is like I, st- I, th- I remember it and then I like I, oh no that's not they didn't they didn't do that on Arrow they did that on Angel because Angel cut, chopped off Lindsay's hand <laughs> and then I went no no they did it on both. Mm, you know where else they did it? Shield. Did they do that on Shield with Coulson? Oh right, they did. I w- oh yeah I was like. Please let that have been a thing that you have seen. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that was they were they they've been doing that in Marvel a lot, like lopping off arms. Like, yeah, as a uh, apparently as a uh, reference to um, Empire. Oh, interesting. I don't and watch that show, but not not Empire, but Empire oh. Strikes Back. Oh. <laughs> when Luke gets his hand lopped off. Okay, okay, I do watch that show. <laughs> 
So, oh, wait, I shouldn't know about Luke getting his arm lopped off because I'm not a Star Wars fan. Oh. Right, Matt? Oh. <laughs> Jerk. Zinga. Jerk. <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, Wendy Miracle has been saying, uh, she said, this season is all about legacy, and when Malcolm comes into the story, is really rooted as much by necessity from Oliver's point of view as it is about what Malcolm means to him and what Malcolm means to Thea. It's a great story because it's going to have a lot of action, but it's also going to have this kind of emotional undercurrent that is going to lead to a really big, huge series moment for him. Like his death? Mm. I think it's a great story to tell, and it's great stuff for John to play. I think... And she said this in, a, in an article where she was talking about how there will be casualties in the Arrow Season 5 finale. So Interesting. Plural. Yeah. I, hmm. He might be one of the ones. I think that would be interesting. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, mm-hmm. This is not a Joe situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I think they could make that cool. Um, I also a little bit feel like because of Legends... He could be back at some point, mm-hmm. even if it's briefly. Well, sure. You know who one of the casualties I think will be? Who? Nissa. Oh. Because Katrina mm. Law is that her name? I don't know, but mm. um, she doesn't. She doesn't show up very much, but she's still married to Oliver technically. Oh man, I forgot about that. So if Jeez. he, you know, really wanted to get it on honest with Felicity or anybody else, he's kind of got to. Mm. I don't know. Chop off her hand. Oddly, I was going to say ditch the street meat, and I don't think that's a proper what? term for it. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it makes me think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine now. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? It was a... Uh, I may not have seen it yet. No, I'm pretty sure it's in a season that you've seen. It's uh, Santiago and Captain Holt are going undercover somewhere. Yes, and yes. she's so psyched to go undercover yes. with him. She keeps... Like, wanting him to get street meat from this place, and Mm -hmm. it ends up making them both sick. Yep. Anyway. That was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, let's see. Television! Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We watch a lot of TV. (laughs) So, um, a comicbook.com reader, Michael Leslie, uh, was at Planet Comic Con Kansas City and was talking to Arrow star Stephen Amell and was praising um, Josh Segarra. And, um, apparently, well, first of all, about one of the things that, uh, one of the, um, Stephen Amell said one of the things that will surprise us is why, uh, Oliver goes and the amount of people who will, uh, goes back to the island and the amount of people who will be there this whole year has been built around Oliver returning on a, ooh, excuse me, Oliver returning on a team, but what happens when Oliver's team isn't there for him and he still needs a team, Mm. (laughs) but then, Comicbook.com reader Michael Leslie was talking to him about uh, Josh Segara and how uh, good he's been doing over there. He's been praising that guy, which, you know, he oh, he, he's just been awesome as Prometheus. Uh, I've enjoyed him yes. a lot. And, um, Agreed. Uh, Amel says uh, that Segara is almost scary good. Mm. And uh, Leslie is, uh, talked about how... Savage Chase has been revealed to be, and Amel Absolutely. says, "Amel says, just you wait. I'm excited about that. Cool. And apparently, there's like the season finale is pretty much going to be a big confrontation between Green Arrow, Prometheus, with Talia Al Ghul, Deathstroke, Malcolm Merlin, and we know Katrina Law is coming back to play Nyssa. So, wow, uh, that'll be pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that that'll be awesome." Um, I'm sure Adrian Chase is going to bite the bullet, too. Mm, yeah. I can't imagine him not. Right. So, uh, there are some rumors that Black Lightning probably won't air until mid-season, so that's going to be January of 2018, most likely, okay. if it actually goes to series. Mm. What has gone to series, season one of Justice League Action, it is available on iTunes right now, the first season. Cool. And uh, that's a really fun show. Yeah. It's I've really not good. seen it. Um... It's, it's pretty kidsy, but it's really funny. Yeah. And uh, they bring back uh, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy as Batman and nice. or Joker and Batman, respectively. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so far it's been really good. And uh, I'm glad that it's on iTunes because now me and Jason kind of just devour it and talk about it over the summer. Nice. 
Uh, I don't know if we talked about this in our special bonus episode, but Jeff Johns has uh, has said that Beast Boy will be on uh, on the new live action Titans. He says, very happy to be riding the Titans again and working with this crew. Extremely excited. Will be something very different. Hashtag Beast Boy. Excited to see whatever that is. All right. Um, so we're having conflicting reports about Powerless. Uh, Patrick Shoemaker on Twitter says, not officially canceled yet, but thanks so much for the kind words to the, to the fans. Hmm. But uh, Justin Halpern said, we had grand plans for Green Fury because Natalie Morales is freaking awesome. Mm. Grand plans, I say. And then NBC destroyed them. Destroyed! <laughs> Our ratings were pretty low and they canceled us. <laughs> so he's saying they're canceled. Oh, gosh. That's, I mean, you can't really be more conflicting than that. <laughs> I know. That, I, I agree just from what you guys have reported on mm-hmm. Powerless and how NBC, like, kind of just completely overhauled the show. Yeah. Um, it does kind of sound like they, uh, maybe not intentionally, I don't know, we're just set up to fail from the beginning. Yeah. Which really bums me out, uh, because I love Danny Pudi from Community. Um, I love Alan Tudyk so much. I, I think they're both better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it was cool to see them, uh, together. Yeah. Mm. You're a fan of Neil Gaiman, aren't you? Yes. But you haven't read Sandman. Right. Do you know what Sandman is? A Metallica song. <laughs> That's Enter Sandman. Oh. <laughs> I like Sandman. I, I like Metallica. Um, I know. <laughs> you're so disappointed. <laughs> That's one of my deep, dark shames. <laughs> it's okay. You you have plenty of qualities that I do like. <laughs> That's good. I don't like go around listening to them. I don't seek Metallica out. Thank goodness. But, you know, if it comes on a radio while I'm sweeping a floor somewhere, I'm pretty happy about that. You know. (laughs) Okay, that's not completely true. I I do seek them out when they play toy instruments on The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That would (laughs) make it more tolerable to listen to. I just like that segment. It even made it, uh, they they did that, like the, what, what do they call it, like, like school instruments. I don't remember what that yeah. what that segment is called. I don't they know. even uh, they did it with oh, Adina Menzel with Frozen. Mm. Even that was a little more tolerable. Oh, not Frozen. Let it go from Frozen. Mm. You know that song. I'm sure you've heard it. I, I've it's seen. It's the song that everyone is sick of. I've basically seen that people are singing it, <laughs> but I never saw Frozen, and it never so it never made a difference to me. So yeah. I just never ever clicked on any of those videos. Good job. And uh, so, you know, yeah. uh, I actually know more about the Disney Pixar theories of oh. relating to Frozen and Tangled and all that stuff oh, and Little Mermaid yeah. than I, I do about the actual movie. Yeah, I just, I just watched a YouTube video about the theories and like mm-hmm. which ones uh, Disney people have debunked and which ones they have confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is confirmed that... Tarzan is Anna and Elsa's younger brother. Mm. That their parents did not die in the shipwreck. Okay. And that uh, they made it to some island and then died, I guess, shortly thereafter, after giving birth to Tarzan. Okay. Pretty cool. Also, the ship in The Little Mermaid, not their ship. I know. I knew that one. All right. I absolutely remember that. That was a bummer (laughs) to me, though. It is kind of a bummer. What about the one that was like the the big portraits from uh, I don't know what, what it was uh, Sleeping Beauty maybe that they were portraits of somebody mm. in like a in the Kingdom Hall and it looked like oh, that's cool. I don't know. Oh, then there, then there's also I'll, <laughs> I'll say this one and then we can move on because okay. I could just keep saying these. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> that. Um. The red-haired mermaid on red-haired, red-headed, red-headed. <laughs> the ginger mermaid. <laughs> the ginger maid. <laughs> um, on Peter Pan is Ariel's mother. What? Yeah. They've confirmed that. Oh no, not confirmed. It's a theory. Oh, it's a theory. Yeah, but I've confirmed know. it. How? I want it to be true. How ethereal. Oh. <laughs> How elegant. That's not what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all ginger mermaids are related, right? That's, that's what I assumed. I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
the things. So Sandman is this wonderful, uh, <laughs> this wonderful creation of Neil Gaiman. Mm. He would like Brian Fuller, uh, who is producing American Gods over on Stars, to adapt the Sandman into a uh, television series. He says, I'm hoping that the success of American Gods will show Time Warner that maybe something as huge and shapeless and strange as Sandman would be best suited to television. Uh, Brian Fuller. Um, do you know who Brian Fuller is? Mm, I have heard the name many times. He did the Hannibal uh, the Hannibal show. Oh, okay. And I, I think he did that. like Pushing Daisies and... Like Jason's way more into Brian Fuller. He wrote a bunch of stuff for uh, Star Trek Voyager. Oh. Episodes I didn't particularly care for, but he was also going to be the showrunner on Discovery until he left. So I don't know. But his shows are really good, though. Oh, okay. Like, his shows are really imaginative. Okay. Um, Okay. And he's doing American Gods. And he he was also the... He was in charge when Heroes was good. Oh, oh man. When Heroes was good, it was so good. And then he came back but couldn't save it because it had already gone too far. Yep. It... Yep. It was already (laughs) dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, so Brian Hashtag Fuller, <laughs> no, <laughs> Brian Fuller came in and said, these comics are so filled with so much story and so much humanity and such visual candy. Try to stop us if we have half the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, early buzz, I guess for American gods has been good and stars cool. has already renewed that show. American gods. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. For it a second season. Just came on on Sunday, the mm-hmm. first episode, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez. And I mean, hopefully that'll that'll they can convince Warner Brothers to use Sandman on television. Neat. Uh, Neil Gaiman says, for a long time I've been saying with a movie you'll have to throw so many things out. Why not take all the things and make it difficult to adapt? That make it difficult to adapt and <laughs> take all the bugs in Sandman and make them features. The fact that you have seventy five issues plus a whole bunch of stories, you have eighty episodes. That's a good thing. Hmm. The fact that you have adult themes and adult things. That's now a good thing. The fact that you have... Sorry, that's now a good... Oh, man, I've lost. I'm lost. The fact that you have... You got it. You got it. He says, it will be very strange to take Sandman to TV, but I really do think it's the most important thing we could do. And and I hope if American Gods goes big between that and Lucifer, that could help. And Lucifer is where Sandman... uh, Sorry, Sandman is where Lucifer came from. Oh, cool. So, well, the comic book version anyway. And that's one of the things that, like, uh, Modrovich and uh, the other guy, Henderson, have been saying uh, that they would like to do. They'd like to bring the Endless in um, from Sandman. Uh, Gaiman says, the trouble with Warners, and I don't blame them for it, is they know that Sandman is one of the crown, one of the jewels in their crown. And they know that with the jewels in your crown, you make movies out of them. And they know they have Batman. We know that we have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Sandman. I don't think that's what they're saying, but <laughs> we just can't crack Sandman. I think they are saying that. And he says you can't crack it because it's too big. It's absolutely too big to do in a movie. Mm. In one movie or three movies, you do need a TV series for Sandman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article actually got this uh, this news for for you know people who don't know, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman, this has a really good uh, description. The series follows Morpheus, also known as Dream of the Endless. He and his siblings in The Endless are personifications of abstract concepts. Through the course of the Sandman, Dream is forced to reconsider how he operates as a part of the grander order of things. Oh my. (laughs) Some of those words sounded cool. (laughs) Oh, love. That sounds neat. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really neat neat book. It's cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad... uh... I'm glad they recognize that it's too big of a thing to try to cram it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Neil Gaiman knows. Yeah. DC might not. For oh. you know, for a while they had uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was executive producing and looking at starring in the Sandman feature. Oh. So me, you had me at Joe Go. Yeah, he left. Oh. He was like, mm, nope, it's too hard. <laughs> I'm gonna go make Don Juan too. I don't know. <laughs> Don John too. I don't know. Uh, he's. I don't think he's making that. But uh, Angels in the Outfield too. <clears throat> Didn't they already do that too? That was Angels in the Infield. I think. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> it's one of those horrible sequels that's not really a sequel. Mm. Plus, Jogo wasn't in it, so. Okay. So over to video games. <laughs> 
Okay. I know you don't care for the video games too much. I like Tetris. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, over on Injustice 2, um, they released a trailer for Joker. Uh, he looks pretty bad as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, he's wearing his uh, like a long coat, you know, and that's fine. But he doesn't have a shirt on, so they're kind of doing sort of a Jared Leto thing. But he's got like Barry from the future. What? Like emo hair Barry thing oh. going on. Oh, jeez. And I'm just not caring for like the voice acting on it. He's just kind of mm. going, ha, 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 Whereas, like, Mark Hamill, someone, for instance, you know, Jack Nicholson did it too. Mm-hmm. And so did Heath Ledger. They all had, like, variations of the laugh. They had different laughs. That's good, and also how normal humans laugh. Uh-huh. They don't usually laugh. We don't they, usually. Yeah. <laughs> that was don't a usually. good save. <laughs> bleep, bleep, bloop, bloop. <laughs> blur, blur. Um, they don't usually laugh. Dang it. <laughs> no, usually laugh the same way every time. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Help me. Right. <laughs> now, one cool thing about Injustice 2, though, is it looks like they did a live stream on the 21st of April. And um, Echo Kellum was involved. Hmm. And uh, on the last Injustice, there was a DLC, uh, which is downloadable content. Okay. Where you could get, like, a new suit for Green Arrow, and instead of Alan Tudyk playing Green Arrow, as he did in the game, is Stephen Amell with with the Arrow suit. Neat. And uh, there's been rumors that Grant Gustin was coming in to do The Flash, and that Katie Cassidy was coming in to do uh, Black Canary. Gross. <laughs> yeah, you're not a fan of the Laurel either, are you? <laughs> no. Um. I'm a fan of her dad. <laughs> the Arrow. No, 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 in real life. Oh. David Cassidy. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> I think I love him. What are you so afraid of? <laughs> I no, I don't. I don't like David Cassidy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. But anyway, so that's cool. Uh, I wonder if Echo Kellum is going to be doing some DLC stuff. They're going. I don't know. Remind me who that is again. I've heard that's that name. Mr. Terrific. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep. yep. Fan of his. He's great. Mm-hmm. Over to Batman VR. Batman VR has been announced is now officially out on the hmm. HTC Vive and Oculus Rift. Neat. So now you can play Batman on those devices as well. All right. You like Tetris? <laughs> I like Tetris. I like Minesweeper. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a fan of Snood. <laughs> what, is, what is Snood? <laughs> it's it's one of those it's like your typical uh line well, line three things up and they go away. Oh. But you don't, you don't, like, it's a, you shoot it and you have to match the, and mm-hmm. the. I'm sensing a pattern. And the things and, the, yep. Which I guess is a good thing for games like that, right? Yep. Patterns. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, I used to play Snood on our family desktop. Uh-huh. Like the enormous old, like, late 90s desktop uh i played snoot on there and it was awesome i played it until it was a thing where like you could only play it to a certain level and then you had to pay 15 whole dollars mm-hmm. to get the rest of the game and uh yeah i downloaded it on my phone a few months ago and was pretty psyched to be playing it again and you and got to a certain level and it was still 15 dollars. no man three. <laughs> oh, only three. Oh, no no Free. Oh, free. Yeah. Free. Got to save that hashtag diaper money. Don't know. <laughs> uh, that is a Lonely Island reference. I am not about to be a father. <laughs> um, you guys should check out Lonely Island. They're funny. <laughs> They're great. They did it on a boat. Uh, Dick in a box. Uh, stork patrol. Jizz in my pants. Um, they helped out with Everything is Awesome, which is probably... They did. Um, applicable to wider audiences. And DC related. Because yes. of Batman. Yes! Yeah. Full circle. Full circle. Yes. Anyway, they were they did SNL for a long time. They, they're, they're awesome. Andy Samberg. Second Samberg reference tonight since we did the Brooklyn Nine-Nine talk for a nice. second. But yeah. Nice. Um... <laughs> 
tight, 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 tight. Name of your sex tape. <laughs> anyway, I think that does it for us. All right. Thank you, Bethany, for sitting in for Jason tonight. You're most welcome. Hopefully it was not too much of a disappointment to where everyone is begging for Jason to never be sick ever again for the rest of their life. No, I think you did fine. Thank you. <laughs> I, in preparation for the podcast, I've been watching um, Party of Five Season 1. Oh, so. that's a bummer. It's on Netflix now. <laughs> oh, man. We are DC on screen. Jason should be back on the next episode reviewing the uh, television shows as they come out. Uh, and uh, you can find every episode for free at dconscreen.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at dconscreen, one word. You can email us at dconscreen at gmail.com. And uh, you can now call us, 205-259-6331, and leave us a voicemail that we will play on the show. Pretty cool. Easier than typing. Easier than typing, unless you're self-conscious. <laughs> but yeah. Do Hang that. up and call back again and redo it, right? Yeah, we'll play all of them. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I hope you had fun as we did. I know we did. And uh, keep some DC on your screen. <laughs>